Welcome to Urban Principle, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com. And now here's your host, Brett Anderson. And welcome back to another podcast. We are on episode 116, season three, and I'm calling this one Lessons for Success. Uh, I've been looking at a book, um, reading a book that's by Karen Chenoweth. Uh, she has some uh, really good resources out there, and we've shared some things about what she pointed about uh, pointed out about districts and um, superintendents and stuff, uh, superintendencies and uh, different items earlier on another episode. And she's just got some really good stuff. And I started uh, reading again parts of her book, how it's being done, uh, urgent lessons from unexpected schools, and. Uh, it's a really good book. Um, it's been around a while. Uh, not too long, but it has some really good pieces in it. And it, it, I started thinking back to, remember the Wallace Project that came out recently and had uh, uh, end of two, 2021 that came out and it had the, talking about the effectiveness of leadership and all the different areas uh, engaging in instructionally focused interactions with teachers, building a productive climate, uh, collaboration, uh, managing resources and personnel, and then the other side of the skill side with people, instruction, and organization. Uh, really good stuff, and uh, her stuff fits a lot with that. This focuses mainly on schools uh, and the stories of schools and what they've done to succeed uh, despite being high poverty or despite having a lot of things against them. And I could totally relate since I was a principal of a, a high poverty building for 10 years and uh, worked on a turnaround uh, situation at that building. And we did some amazing things and did some similar things to what she's talking about. And she talks about the importance of personal relationship building, uh, teacher collaboration, uh, data-driven instruction, uh, laser-like fo laser focus on what students need to learn which we also hear a lot with Mike Schmoker, which I've used a lot of his materials, and then formative assessments. And she talks about a lot of different areas as well. And she calls this, uh, she calls them, it's being done schools, because the schools are uh, making gains and succeeding despite high uh, odds and things against them. And uh, a couple of the things she said of the characteristics that they had, they have high expectations to principals are a constant presence. And they use data, and she said nothing out of the ordinary, and a lot of people can check off these things, but it's on how you do some of these things. And I liked uh, some of the pieces, and I thought I'd focus on a little bit of that uh, this evening. Uh, and I liked some of the pieces on um, staff, especially the pieces on teachers and uh, teacher collaboration and one of the things she talked about and let me just read some of this because I think it's 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 pertinent and, and, and totally appropriate and worth hearing uh, to say that teachers must have high expectations however doesn't quite get at the heart of the matter most teachers will say they have high expectations and many do but that term means different things to different people many teachers have strict standards for what constitutes passing and failing they would say they have high expectations, but they but they really mean. But what they really mean is that they expect students they expect students to meet high standards in order to get good grades. 
That does not mean that they expect all their students to meet their standards or that they consider it part of their job to help them do so. To truly have high expectations means something quite different and requires teachers, even really good teachers, to change how they work. This is what I mean. Good teachers think deeply about their lessons and prepare them carefully. These teachers explain clearly, link the new lesson to previous lessons, give several examples, and assign thoughtful practice. Conscientious teachers will help any student who asks for help, but plenty of good conscientious teachers will teach the unit, grade the test or other culminating assignment, and move on to the next topic. They move on because their assumption is that the kids will get it, and some kids won't, whether the it of the moment is writing research papers or multiplying fractions. Here is where high expectations lie at the heart of its being done in what heart of its being done schools. Uh, it's being done teachers might, for example, look at the data of other classrooms and see if other teachers had a better success rate with the same topic. If another teacher had 75% of his students understanding how and why to multiply fractions, then the first teacher might go and watch the second teacher's class or ask the sec that second teacher to come teach a model lesson to her uh, uncomprehending students. Even after that, however, some percentage of students might not get the lesson, and the two teachers might consult other classroom teachers, special ed educators, a math coach, a school administrator, or a district curriculum person. They might think about what they know about their students and how they have to learn to come up with new activities to teach the subject. Do students like to cook? Maybe they could make a recipe where the students first have uh, to use ingredients or to uh, figure out the use of ingredients. Do students like to dance? Maybe the students could develop warm-up routines and then do them double time and at half speed. Teachers might enlist the help of some of their students who successfully learned the material but are still close enough to the learning process to be able to help their peers. If all that combined expertise still leaves the students in the dark, the teachers might wish to consult an outside expert or investigate the available research to find new ways to reach those final students. In other words, the assumption that if kids don't get it, teachers need to change something about the way they, the teachers, are working. And there's a huge point there. Um, if you have kids that are not getting it or if the students are not getting it, you have to change something about the way you're approaching it and the way you are working with them and come up with a way that helps them to understand. And she talks about the teachers in the It's Being Done buildings um, going that step beyond and making sure all of their students, no matter what student, is actually learning. And if they're not, they go that extra mile to make sure that they are learning and uh, come up with other ways of doing it, from using peers uh, to using to looking at somebody within the building who is doing a better job. And that's hard to do. And I, I developed teams in my high poverty building as well, and teams at the other buildings I was at, and uh, promoted teacher collaboration, because I truly feel that teacher collaboration is where you can really make an impact and teachers collaborating using the data and looking at how they can improve and looking at what others are doing that seems to be working is a point uh, that can be used to improve uh, any classroom. And there's a lot of good knowledge, great knowledge in a building that needs to be shared and people have to get more open to sharing that. And um, she goes on to say this doesn't mean that there was anything wrong with the way the teacher uh, was teaching. After all, it must have been a pretty good lesson. 
if half the students learned it right off the bat, but because she hadn't taught all the kids, she needed to change what she was doing, seek help from other teachers and experts, and even on occasion acknowledge that she might not be the right person to teach a particular topic or a particular student. And then she goes on to say, or may not know all of what they need to know to do it. And this is a really good point I love that she makes. She says, you've got to be willing to change and not be afraid, is the way a veteran teacher put it. And I'm big on uh, trying things and taking that risk and allowing your teachers to take that risk as a leader, allowing them the ability to take that risk. And then she uses an excellent illustration from Apollo 13, uh, that scene in Apollo 13 when the engineers on the ground realize that the astronauts will run out of air. The engineers have a short amount of time to figure out how to connect a square air filter to a round canister using only the materials available to the astronauts. It was essentially an impossible task, but they knew that failure was not an option because failure would mean the death of the astronauts. So the advice the engineers received was, let's work the problem, people. The teachers and administrators in its being done schools work the problem. They too know that failure is not an option because failure means the student, the stunted futures of their students. And that was one thing that we did in the buildings I was in. Uh, we made sure to try and solve the problems at hand or what areas the kids were not learning and came up with ways to counteract that or to help our students. And there were many things that you would have to do in a building of poverty as well from uh, social skills to having other needs met before they can actually have the learning uh, in place. So there was just a lot of uh, brainstorming that we did as a school and a lot of teamwork and a lot of collaboration built into that. She goes on to say, in contrast to a teacher who believes that there are some things that kids won't simply get and sail through the curriculum, leaves kids behind in the wake. Many parents have told me about times they've talked with teachers and their children struggle and they say, this is our program, and I have to move on to the next unit. Uh, we're among uh, those kinds of maddening answers. Similarly, when I gave my daughter's fourth grade teacher what I thought was a friendly heads up on my daughter, she still didn't have a good grasp on, on nouns and verbs and what constituted a sentence. The dampening answer was she should have learned that last year. So uh, the teachers basically in these how it's being done schools don't make excuses and they actually uh, try and see what can be done no matter what. And they were working with students, and they're not in that blame game of saying it's the students, it's the demographics, it's these kids can't learn, and so on. So it's, it's actually building that culture of learning and building that culture of success and uh, building that, that meaningful collaboration so that the school and the teachers and the students... Uh, know what has to be learned, and they do it. And then she goes on and talking about uh, some of the most impressive teachers and principals I have met are veterans who have put in 20 or 30 years, and they serve as mentors and guides to grateful younger colleagues. But the veterans themselves have never stopped learning, and that is huge because I have never stopped learning myself, even though I was a principal for over 21 years and I uh, still have my own consulting and still work with principals and um, have been in classrooms over 31 years and continue to be. I still am learning and always studying leadership, and that's been the hobby of mine for years and years and will continue, and I continue to grow. And she even goes on to say they accept that younger colleagues might have more up-to-date knowledge about some of the new math programs, 
The district just adopted or deeper content knowledge or greater facility with some of the new technology. The new teachers get the new math as well. And she was talking about uh, teachers being uh, somewhat embarrassed and the fact that they have to learn from younger colleagues, but you should admire that and try and learn from them and be more open. And there has to be an openness to learning. And definitely in education, we need this openness to learning amongst ourselves and with each other. And there can be a lot done to help each other and to help students in our classrooms and um, sending the right message. Uh, one of the messages she talks about that she said uh, uh, about a new teacher, she talked about a new teacher having some struggles and stuff, and she said the principal's response was, if you're having trouble, that will be reflected in your evaluation. Ouch. That's not a good builder. That's not a good principal that's helping you learn your craft. That's not somebody that's helping to mentor you and to coach you and to build your knowledge and there isn't a shared uh, learning there for sure so uh, she said the lesson learned was that the teacher never again volunteered to her principal that she was struggling and you don't want that you want total collaboration you want learning from colleagues you want people uh, working together amongst your staff and doing what's necessary to help all uh, students learn and that is the uh, biggest thing from that quick little uh, excerpt from that book and I'd like to share something else from John Maxwell this is from the Daily Reader and it talks about challenges attitude toward challenges I once heard a lecturer say that no society has ever developed tough men during times of peace the old adage is true what doesn't kill you makes you stronger think back to the times in your life when you have grown the most I'm willing to bet that you grew as a result of overcoming difficulties the better your attitude, the more likely you will be able to overcome difficulties, grow, and move forward. I've been told that in the Chinese language, two words are often combined to create another word with a very different meaning. For example, when the symbol of, for the word meaning man is combined with a symbol for the word meaning woman, the resulting word means good. Uh, possessing a positive attitude can have a similar effect. When a problem comes into contact with someone who has a positive attitude, the result is often something wonderful. Out of the turmoil that problems cause can emerge great statesmen, scientists, authors, or business people. Every challenge has an opportunity, and every opportunity has a challenge. A person's attitude determines how she or he handles those. And that's from the difference maker of John Maxwell. Let your positive attitude transform every challenge into an opportunity. So as you have challenges out there in your schools and in your classroom, and with your staff, keep looking for ways to help everyone succeed. And I'd like to end tonight with a quote. And our quote tonight is, You've got to jump off cliffs all the time and build your wings on the way down. And that was from Ray Bradbury. A nice quote tonight. As always, keep promoting effective leadership through productive culture changes. And until next time, let's remember to stay positive. You've been listening to Urban Principle. Leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAnderson Consulting.com.